Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to the extras. My name is Mike. And my name's Sam. And we are here to answer your questions on the Book of Romans. Now, we had a special Father's Day edition of Romans. <laughs> uh, happy Father's Day, I think you said, Sam. Uh, let's talk about the wrath of God yeah. for the next half hour. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, happy Father's Day, Sam. Thank uh, you. How did you celebrate Father's Day? Uh, look, I mean, a little bit different in our household, given that I'm uh, pretty pretty flat out on a Sunday, but thankful for my two little ones. Uh, woke me up early, uh, cooked me French toast, oh, which yeah. was delightful in, in the morning. In bed? In bed? No, no, no. Uh, no. Okay. They pulled me out of bed, actually, and, and uh, yeah, it was it was lovely. So I had a little bit of a celebration before church, got a little present from my daughter oh. and a uh, card from my son and yeah thankful for that and then yeah off to off to preach the wrath of god for, for the rest of the day <laughs> from there really happy fathers day. <laughs> sounds delightful yeah bro. okay well if uh, if i was at fathers day uh, gatherings during sunday and missed church mate um what did I miss from Romans chapter two? Give us the the summary. Yeah, we, we've hinted at it already, have we? But it was it was um, about what God is going to do about all the wicked people in the world. Um, sometimes that's a question we we ask of God: Why doesn't He deal with the wickedness in it? Um, and Romans chapter two has the answer to that. Um, both on the one hand, currently God is being patient, and we should give thanks to God for that that He hasn't judged us yet because there's still time to repent. Um, but God has set a day called the day of wrath when he, he will return, when Jesus Christ himself will judge the secrets of people's hearts. Um, each one will receive um, according to what they've done. Um, and uh, for those who've sinned, which is all of us, um, there will be wrath and anger and distress. And um, we, we've got a real problem because of the wrath of God. It's a good thing because God will not let sin go unpunished. Um, God is just and righteous and fair, mm. but for us on the receiving end of us, which is all of us, um, yeah, it's a terrifying thought that God will judge the secrets of our hearts um, on that day of wrath. And so one of the great things about Romans 2, uh, God will judge the wicked, um, but Paul's not telling the wicked out there, is he? He's, he's talking all of us. Uh, n- yeah. None of us are immune from this. And uh, That's it. Yeah. Okay. So heavy things. I mean, if you missed it, it on Sunday, um, I really encourage you to, to jump on and try and have a listen to the talk. It's it's um, yeah, it's a key part of the argument of the letter to the Romans, and uh, pretty pretty fundamental to making sense of the Savior who is to come. Um, we need to understand what we've been saved from. So nice. if you missed it, if you were away yes. on Sunday. Um, yeah, try and get your hands on the talk. Um, we're battling our website a little bit at the moment. There's a little bit of a glitch, but hopefully that'll be resolved shortly and you'll be able to download and listen. I am looking forward to the but now of 321, Sam. I must, I must admit. <laughs> I can't wait to get there. Me neither. Me <laughs> but neither. we need to wrestle with this stuff. As you say, it's so, so important. Indeed. And so let's wrestle, mate. Let's get ready to wrestle with, uh, with uh, about nine questions that people have asked. Uh, from Sunday's talk. Good. So question number one, uh, will God's anger and wrath continue after or beyond the day of wrath mm. uh, or is the eternal punishment kind of death itself and, and kind of ends with death? Does it does it go on forever? Yeah. Um, the short answer is I, I think it goes on forever. Um, it's probably not the answer that... that <laughs> sometimes we, we wrestle with this idea, we, we struggle a little bit because... It feels just so eternal, <laughs> and, and uh, how can that how can that be? Um, but that is that is the language um, of yeah. uh, so there, there is a view that says that it's called annihilationism um, that that what God does after the judgment is he just 
that's it, you're done, finished, no more, and only those who go to heaven kind of get the eternal life. Um, but it, 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 the, the language of the scripture just doesn't, go there, does do, doesn't fit with that. Um, I'll give you a couple of passages. Um, Matthew 25, um, good passage to, to reflect on. Um, where Jesus separates the sheep from the goats and um, is speaking of this day um, and uh, where it finishes uh, in uh, verse 46 is um, they will go away to eternal punishment, Matthew 25, verse 46. Um, So it's not just death, it's it's an eternal punishment. Um, Likewise, um, book of Revelation, um, speaks of, of uh, the, the wine press of God's wrath, which will be trampled, uh, uh, which is a very vivid image, where the, where the like like a grape press, where you, you press it down till all the juice kind of comes out the bottom. Um, that that people, God, God in His fury and wrath will um, will, will trample the, the wine press, and uh, it's Jesus Himself trampling the wine press. Have you got mm. it in Revelation twenty or twenty? Yeah, I'm where still looking, it? mate. I'm still looking for that one. It's earlier than that, actually, than, uh, than 20, I think. Um, it's Yeah, we should have had that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep hunting. Um, but certainly the images of the, uh, yeah, of, of the New Testament are of an eternal punishment rather than just a kind of final blow. Um, yeah, and, and the lake of fire, likewise, is where, where Satan and his angels are sort of sent into. Again, an eternal... Um, eternal judgment that is that is given there so uh one of them is revelation 20 um verse 10 i think um they will be tormented day and night forever and ever um yeah there's certainly an an eternalness to it yeah okay mate that's helpful i'll I'll keep thinking the the revelation one we'll we'll find it by the end of the podcast we'll we'll keep powering on indeed Okay, uh, second question. Let's go to verse 6, back in, in Romans chapter 2. Uh, when it says that people are going to be repaid according to what they have done, uh, does that mean that there will be different levels of judgment depending on the levels of wickedness and sin that you have done? Yeah, um, I don't know, <laughs> uh, is, is my short answer to that. Um there is certainly the, the point of Romans chapter two seems to be that nothing that you've done will remain hidden, and certainly as it's talking in in uh, verses uh, fourteen and fifteen about the the Jew and the Gentile, the Gentile at least, who um, at, at points their conscience excuses, while at other points their conscience accuses them. Um, it does seem to be that even the good things that you've done will come out and God will say, yep, that was the right thing, good on you. You didn't murder that person when you had the opportunity. Well done. <laughs> um, you, you didn't. You, we're not always as bad as we always could be. We, we're, we're totally sinful, but we're not, we're not always doing the most sinful thing ever. So even our, our right deeds will come out. Um, it's just that in the, in the nature of, of the outcome, it's either heaven or hell. Um, so I, I'm not sure that there's like layers of hell that are worse for some. Um, the issue is that the, 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 um, the badness of your sin is not so much the, uh, the, the particular thing that you've done, but the one that you've done it against. Um, mm. you, you've sinned against the eternal holy God. And regardless, regardless of whether you perceive that your sin is a small one or a big one, all the sin is committed against God and therefore all is deserving of the, the punishment of, of death and, and ultimately of this judgment that, that we're speaking of. 
a bit of Psalm 51 behind that, is that right, David? You know, against you, God, you alone have I sinned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's ultimately against whom the sin is committed mm. and why it's so, so serious. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, how is it fair that we get an eternal punishment for a finite amount of sin committed during a human life? It, it feels a little bit uh, out, of, out of balance. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, there's someone who's thinking hard and trying to wrestle with uh, mm. uh, the, these issues. Um, yeah, I guess the question is, I've only committed 70, 80 years at most worth of sin, um, surely, which is pretty good since you're only thirty something. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm well ahead of my years. Yeah, I've been working. Slow down. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. keep going. Keep going. No, no. Um, but yeah, then God sort of lands me with um, eternity, a, an eternal punishment. Now, yeah. at one level, that sounds like a clever question, um, but actually, we, we understand that um, it's not the amount of time that you spend doing a sin that um, determines the punishment. I mean. Mm. You think about some of the awful things that people receive human punishments for, like murder or something like that. Um, you, you might get 30 to 40 years of, of, um, of punishment for that. Now, it doesn't take you 30 to 40 years to kill someone. Um, <laughs> generally, murders, I mean, it's, it's awful to speak about it, isn't it? But a murder it isn't going to take that long, probably. Um, but the, the punishment is not, um, but it does fit the crime because of the seriousness of what you've done. Uh, um, yeah. And why do you get more punishment for killing a person than you do, say, if you killed a dog or something like that? Um, you, you will get a punishment for killing a dog, but it's, a, it's because the, the, the person against whom you have sinned is, is more significant. It, uh, we, in our justice system, see a human as more significant than an animal, mm. as much as we don't want to encourage cruelty to animals. Yes, but, no. but we see a distinction there. Yep. Now, when you elevate that up to now sinning against not just a person, but against God most high, yep. um, he is so perfect, so holy and eternal mm. uh, that to sin against him warrants this this punishment of an eternal punishment. Um, do you see that? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know if this fits there, but like it's almost like a quality quantity sort of thing. So the yeah. question's about quantity. That's right. But actually you're saying the quality, if, if that's a weird word. But yes, yes. I see what you're getting the, at there. The, the, the fact that it's against God, doesn't that's matter right. how much, how often, how long, you sin against God that is deserving of? Of an eternal punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, really interesting question, wasn't it? Yeah. Great one. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, the passage talks about favoritism, God not showing impartiality. Mm. Um, and so someone's also wrestling really helpfully here. How does that work with the fact that actually kind of God chooses predestined some and not others? Doesn't that mean that God is showing favoritism um, by choosing some and not others? Yeah. Um, again, another great question, um, trying to wrestle with, with what the scripture says. Mm. Um and, uh, I mean, a couple of things that might help there um, to, to try and define what we're talking about here. So Romans 2 is talking about God being impartial. That is, um, he, he's not a corrupt judge and he won't play, play favourites. Um, if, if you sort of translate it into a, you know, a, a human um, uh, example, imagine that you're selecting for a sports team um, you're only going to consider the factors that matter, um, which in sports would be the ability to play the sport. You're not going to choose yep. on racial background. You're not going to choose on. You're not going to take a bribe and pick someone. You're not going to pick someone because they're your son or child. On the t- you know, you're just going to. Yep. So, doesn't mean that you're going to treat everyone the same. 
um, necessarily, but you, you're only going to treat them on the basis of the things that matter, um, which in sport is their sporting ability. So okay. you, yeah. Mike, would probably get selected on the team. Me, Sam, <laughs> probably not on the team. Now, now different, what sport, mate. different outcomes, but it, it, it should only be on the basis in sport of our ability. Yeah. Um, now, and so what Paul's argument here is he's, he's kind of got his sights on the Jewish person who's thinking, well, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to face this because I'm... Jewish. I've got the I've got the law. I've been, received the sign of circumcision. I'm I'm ex, I, I'm omitted from the judgment of God. I, I'm one of God's favorites. I'm one of God's favorites. He likes me. And Paul's point here is um, racial background, religious background. That is not a factor that God considers mm. when it comes to this judgment. So he he's not going to play favorites on the basis of race. Okay. So not the Jews aren't favorite. The Gentiles aren't favourite. That's right. Because we're all under sin, ultimately. That's right. And if right. God chooses any of us, yep. it's not on based on race, it's based on grace. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly. And and so ultimately, um, grace is, is the controlling category here, um, that God is going to choose to show mercy. Now, on what basis does he choose? Now, in the sporting team, it's based on ability. Yes. Um, the, the, the Bible's answer is, is, is not the same as the sporting <laughs> captain's answer, where you, God doesn't choose based on ability. Yeah. Um, it's not on the basis of, I'm more righteous, um, I've done more religious things, um, therefore I get in and you don't. Um, that That's not it at all. Uh, what is the basis? Well, I think there's probably two things to say there. Um, mm. We're going to get to this in a, in a bit of time down the track in Romans. I think we did this on the extras a couple of weeks ago in, in Romans 9, yes. um, where part of Paul's answer to this question, God's answer to this question, is um, uh, that's for me to know. Um, And I am God and you are not. um, And and I choose to have mercy on whom I have mercy. And it's a bit of a mystery. Romans 11 is something of a mystery. Yep, that's right. Um, And yet, it's not complete mystery. Um, Because 1 Corinthians 1, um, probably helpful to duck over there and have a quick read of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, We get something of an explanation of of why God has chosen some and not others. Um, so chapter 1, verse 26, uh, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to, cha- to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Mm. Uh, now, that's that's a really important verse for us. So, yeah. Now, it doesn't tell us everything yeah. about why God has... But it does give us something of the, the mind of God on this yeah. in, in that God doesn't want anyone to be able to boast. And so... More often than not, he chooses foolish things and stupid things rather than wise things. It doesn't say, it doesn't say not any of you. Um, there's a famous little story of uh, one of the British queens um, who uh, said she was saved by the letter M because it didn't say not any of you were of noble birth, but not many of you were of noble yeah, birth. Right. She's of noble birth and she was saved. <laughs> she got in. That's a good thing. But on the whole, God tends to not yeah. choose the powerful and the influential and... Um, often he chooses weak people to, to shame the wise. So if you've been chosen, well, put your hand up and say you're probably weak and uninfluential and not very impressive. Maybe you're the exception. I'm certainly those things. 
Um, and and it's God's done it that way so that no one can boast. Yeah, that's really helpful, mate. Thank yeah. you. Isn't, isn't grace amazing? Indeed. Okay, uh, let, let's turn our attention to verses 14 and 15 in Romans 2. Mm. Uh, what is the law that is written in the hearts of the Gentiles? Uh, how specific is that law? Is it similar to the law that the Jews received? Um, let, let's pause there, I reckon. Yeah, great. I've just got to flip back to I'm, I'm looking at 1 Corinthians 2 going, where is this? Well, look, while you're Romans doing that, 2. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, Revelation 14, 19, there's the wine press. Wine uh, press uh, yeah, sorry, we couldn't find it earlier. Yeah, thank um, you, mate. But there you go, Revelation 14. Now, very good. Sam, are you back in Romans 2? I'm back in Romans right, 2. Right, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's it's very go. hard to get the answer out of 1 Corinthians 2. I'm looking at it again. <laughs> really? Just don't yeah, see come it. Come on, come on. Okay. What is, what is the law? What that, is the law? That, that's written on the hearts. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not the same law as the Jewish law. Um, okay. So uh, it seems to be talking about um, the, the difference between being apart from the law, which I take it, verse 12, is, uh, is not having the Jewish law, and under the law which is having the Jewish law, and that's the difference. The Jews are under the law, the Gentiles are apart from the law. Right. Um, and then 14, Gentiles who do not have the law, the Jewish law, they do by nature the things required by the law. Now, there are a couple of different ways to understand this verse. Let me, okay. let me see if I can run you through them, and, I, and I'll suggest to you which one I think is, is better than the others. Um, one view is that um, this is Gentile people naturally obeying the Jewish law. Um, that they're doing what God wants them to do um, and actually they can do it. Uh, right. And, and therefore, the, the implication that that some could be saved possibly outside of Christ. So, for example, like they could be honouring their mother and father? Is Absolutely, that, is that, that, yep. Okay. Doing, doing those kind of things. They could be not coveting. They right, could not be murdering. Not murdering. Okay. Do, doing all those things. Yeah. Um, and, and and actually doing it consistently yep. and fully and even better than the Jew maybe maybe even better than the Jew. Now yeah. Paul does hint at the fact later in the chapter that some um, who who uh, in verse twenty seven you look at two twenty seven the one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who even though you have the written code and circumcision are a lawbreaker. So I think we can grant the principle that. Gentile people who don't have the Jewish law can do good things sometimes. Yep, yep absolutely. And at points, they might even do them in ways that condemn religious people. Yeah, um, and, and but true. Yeah, that's right. And Paul's acknowledging that. Um, and yet, um, uh, to, to suggest that they could be saved on the final day because of that, I think he's, he's saying too much. Yep. Paul is saying that perhaps at points they will... Um, sort of stand over the, the religious person. Yes. Um, but we're not into chapter 3 yet where he's going to uh, show us that actually there is no one, Jew or Gentile, who can consistently and persistently meet that criteria. So um, that, that I think, is, is important to, to note. Romans 2 is not the final word on this. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And, I mean, Sam, you, you told us right from the beginning. Yep. Romans... Paul keeps having these long arguments. That's right. And in order to understand any element of the long argument, you've got to almost get to the end. That's right. You've argument. got to keep the whole in mind. Yeah. Yep. Got to keep keep working with the bigger Which argument. Which is hard to do. Like, yeah, my yeah. brain isn't that big. So it is yep. really helpful that you can just yep. keep pushing us towards, yep. yeah, get to the end of the argument. That's yep. going to help. So yeah. that's view number one. So second yeah. view, oh, yeah. is, okay. um, second view is, this is actually talking about um, Gentile Christians. 
mm-hmm. um, and actually talking about how Gentiles now who've become Christians can can start to obey the law and please God and do the things required by it, um, which I think is is true that when Gentiles be, turn to Christ, yep. um, we get a new heart and we get all the promises that were promised yep. to the Jew and we can begin to obey God in ways that we never could um, before we had yep. eternal life and the Holy Spirit living within us. Um, the problem with that view, at least applying it to verse 14, is that um, we do those things by the Spirit, but Paul says in verse 14 that this is Gentiles who don't have the Lord doing these things by nature. Uh, and I think that's important language to note the difference between nature and spirit. Um, nice. We're going to get into, as we get to Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, we're going to talk about doing stuff by nature versus the spirit, yes. flesh versus the spirit. Yeah. And here he's saying that even by nature they're doing the right thing. So I think it, it can't be that view. Nice. The, the third view, which is the one that I think it is, is that it's talking about general revelation. That human beings, um, in just in by the nature of how we're made and the, the, the way God's put us into this world with... with um, deeply written right and wrong it's kind of written into the fabric of creation and ourselves um, we know what is right we know what is wrong and sometimes we do the right thing yep. um, and even the Gentiles who don't have the law show that, that something of this general revelation is written on their hearts um, yeah. so it's yeah I think it is a separate thing it's not the same law but it's it's reflecting similar as we saw in chapter 1 there is a, a general revelation of God that all people have just by what has been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, what do we do with that? We suppress the truth and deny it. Right. And it's the same even with our perception of right and wrong. We, sometimes we just know inherently what the right and wrong <laughs> thing is to do and we, but, we, we choose to do the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, that's very helpful. That's very helpful. Okay. Uh, the next question is, if it is by Jesus we are saved and only through faith in him, and that's, yes, that's how it works. Yep. How is it, how is that applied to those who have never heard the message of the cross? Yeah. Uh, this, again, good question. S- similarly, it ties up with, with my previous answer, I think. Um, you, you, they won't be saved by um, being obedient enough on their own. Yeah. Um, and, it, and therefore, this doctrine becomes one of the greatest drivers towards Christian mission. Yeah. Uh, how are they going to be saved? They're going to be saved by Christian people going to tell them. Yep. And so if, if you're feeling the, the, the burn of that and feeling the, the weight of that... Then Which we should. We should, yeah. Uh, then the question to ask is, how do I use my life in such a fashion that uh, those who haven't heard can hear? Mm. Um, we should start praying that God would, would take the gospel message and then be willing to be the answer to those prayers. And so, yeah... Um, that there is a real urgency for Christian mission. There is, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And Romans Romans must put that urgency squarely in front of us and we, we, we have to face up to it and, and uh, feel the weight of it and, and get involved. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, mate. Okay. Um, now, this is, a, this is a really interesting question. Uh, we're going to kind of finish with this one. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of multifaceted. Okay. Uh, so uh, again, if we're saved through faith in Jesus, I love it that people are starting their questions with that because it's really important. Yep. Um, but our sins are still going to be revealed. Yep. Uh, and we will be judged, and it kind of feels like the Christians judged, and the non-Christians judged, and everyone's judged, and everyone's sins are going to be revealed on the last day. 
Um, the question is kind of, is this essential? Is, is this an important part of the process? And I guess, how do we, how do we kind of prepare for that? Or, you know, how, how do we think about that um, process? Yeah, okay. So um, let me see if I can break it up a little bit. Um, will everyone's secrets be brought before God on the final day? Yes, um, I think is the answer. And I think you can pull that out of um, verse 16. Um, this will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. Yeah. So, um, yes, Christian and non-Christian alike will stand before um, God. I mean, Matthew 25 that we were looking at earlier talks yeah, about a, a sorting the of the sheep and the goats and then God speaking to each in turn to the sheep saying this and to the goats saying this. Um, based on their works, uh, what they have done, that, that their works will come to light. Yep. Um, likewise, um, I'm thinking of the books in... Uh, Revelation 20? Revelation 20. Um, and uh, there's... About 12. Yeah. Um, so I'll pick it up from 11. Yep. Um, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there's no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. So it's a picture of this day, the day of wrath. And there's a throne, the judgment seat where God's going to sit. And, and then all the dead, great and small, that's sort of everyone, yep. um, gathered there. And then these books come. And now books, books. plural. Mm. Um, so uh, keep reading. Uh, another book was opened, which is the book of life. Uh, that the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. So... Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, on the one hand, very clearly, each person will be judged according to what they've done. And, and Christian, non Christian, non Christian, no matter how you died or who you were, yeah. all the dead will be faced. And, and it's, it's, it's as what is written in the books. So it's like as you do stuff, another note in the book, mm. um, good or bad, yep. all of it there. But there's that other little book. The Book of Life. That, uh, Hopefully, it's a big book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for a big well, book. <laughs> I, I say a little in that this passage gives doesn't speak of it much. Yeah. Uh, the focus in in the end of chapter twenty is on the other books, which are the, the nature of your judgment. But you just get one little reference to it. Another book was opened, which is the Book of Life, mm. and that is the one that will determine your eternal destination. Mm. So your works will be shown for what they are and who you are. But your salvation will depend on, is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? And have you trusted in Jesus? Um, and if yes, even though your your judgment will declare guilty, mm. your uh, kind of sentence will be based on whether or not you're in the, in, in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so you might deserve wrath, but you receive salvation. Um, and why, whereas others whose names are not in the Lamb's Book of Life will deserve wrath and will receive wrath. So Sam, why do you think it's important that God kind of almost, uh, choose my words carefully, but mm. almost kind of laboriously mm. judges everybody's hearts and every, like, why, why do you reckon that's important? Why doesn't God just kind of go, you're in, you're out? Mm-hmm. Well, part of what is going on here, I think, is um, a demonstration of the righteousness of God. Right. And Romans has been concerned with this, um, that God 
is shown to be in the right. And and we're going to see this when we get to chapter 3, um, that, that as God forgives people, um, he, he doesn't just forget about the sin. Nice. Um, he punishes it in Christ at the cross, and he has to do that in order to be righteous, in order to... Uh, so and then to also forgive us, but but he can't just go. All right, I'm going to forget about your sins. I'm going to pretend that the sin was never Sweep there. Sweep it under the carpet. Pretend otherwise. It's just not that. Um, yep. It's God is showing. No, I am a just judge, and I yep. see all, and I judge fairly. Um, but for those whose names are in the Lamb's Book of Life, their punishment has already been taken. Mm. Um, there is no punishment to, to have anymore because Christ has already paid it in his body on the on the cross and so that 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 wrath is dealt with and so that that it comes out and then that that person can be forgiven whereas the other person their their evil and wickedness comes out and that the the punishment stands because it hasn't been paid for in cross yeah okay so we're saved by grace Uh, we're still judged uh what difference does that make to the way I live my life, Sam? How do I live well in light of those two massive yeah. truths, saved by grace, and yet we'll still be, there will be a judgment day and a re- revelation of my heart? Well, at one level, take take comfort in that Christ has done it for you. Awesome. Um, and just be full of praise and thanksgiving to, to Jesus that his blood was shed in your place. Mm. And yet on the same token, there's another... The, the idea that when we come into his kingdom, Jesus will say to us, well well done, good and faithful servant. Um, what, a, what a thought at one level that God, that Jesus could say to a sinner, well done. Yeah, um, crazy. He won't do it on the basis of that that's how you were saved, but that even in your sin-filled life, there, there will be points of change and transformation brought about by the work of the Holy Spirit in you where you'll actually do what is right and what pleases God and, and Jesus will commend you for it. Mm. Um, and, and that, for me, is, is something that I that I want. I don't I don't want to be there on the final day and say, well, saved by grace, but really, you didn't really... <laughs> you, you, nothing happened in your life, Sam. There was no change. I, I want to say, well... well Escape through the fire. One, yeah, one yeah. Three, one isn't it? Three. yeah. I, I want him to say, no, you built... You built it well. Well, in light of my grace, and you, you've you've done a, you've spent your life in, in my service, and for the for the good of the gospel and others, um, and so yeah, I want to want to work hard for uh, for Christ, but on the basis of grace, not on the not in not in order to try and earn my way in or avoid the the. Uh, punishment yeah, yeah because we know right. it's already taken I've already avoided it but I, but I I just now and, it, and it, it's it's a relational thing I just want to please my father nice he's, he's dad and I, I, I love him and he loves me and I want to do what pleases him yeah yeah no thanks mate nice little segue back to father's day mate you did that happy so well happy father's day <laughs> happy ba- and look <laughs> at one level what, what a no better passage to preach on father's day because this is true this yep. is real yep. this is significant um uh, this is important stuff and so mate thank you for taking us through that uh, you and robbo on, on sunday on father's day you're welcome um and uh, thanks for answering our questions today mate uh this, this sunday uh, let's look ahead uh, romans chapter three yep uh, we're, we're still in kind of judgment territory aren't we we are we, <laughs> we can't escape just yet we have to be patient like god who um yeah, and, in, and endure some more um, bad news before the good news. Okay. Um, but here, the, the, so I guess in, in the flow of Paul's argument, he said, right, oh, God is, God is uh, judging people. 
um, handing them over even now, chapter one. Now chapter two, he's, he's set a day uh, when he will judge. And chapter three, the, the danger at the end of chapter two is you think, right, oh yeah, God's going to judge the wicked, but, but maybe I still think there's a way out for me. Right. Um, I'm, I'm looking for a way to... And this is what we do as human beings. We, we see... Chapter 2 began that way where we see others sin and we, we see it so clearly and we, we just are blind to our own sin. And Paul is, is trying to say there's nowhere to hide. Right. Uh, no one, all, um, all will face this judgment regardless of who you are. And uh, there's this summary in verse 20. Uh, no one will be justified by the works of the law. Um, yeah. There's the, you, nothing you can do to can get you out of this. There's not a lot of wriggle room. No, that's right. Me. Yeah, and I think he, he wants you to see completely, fully, wholly that you are under the wrath of God before he then says, and here is what God has done to rescue you through Jesus Christ. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Thanks so much, everyone, for your questions. Keep asking and keep wrestling with God's word. Um, we really, really appreciate being in partnership with you as we together try and uh, submit to our wonderful Father in Heaven, uh, who is both holy, who is both righteous, and uh, will judge. Indeed. But also so. All right. Have a great week, everyone.